You are listening to The Rant with David King. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal, you know the, you know the thing. Doggy do on his shoes. Billy's dad is a fudge packer. Millions, as you witnessed, who are scared right now. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. I've been saying it. I've been saying it for 10 damn years. Ain't I been saying it, Miguel? I've been saying it. David King, it is good to be here on this Thursday, February 3rd. Thanks for joining me. It's good to be back. It's good to be here with you. Ended off on the new year, new you with the book from Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules of Life. If you haven't heard the episode from last Tuesday, I suggest... You go back and listen to it. It was a good one, I think. I could have spent three hours on that book. I think I could have spent four hours on that book. Uh, so we're ended up. We're ending there. We're not going to be talking much about that anymore. Just in time for you to stop with your New Year's resolutions. Yes, just in time for you to say, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go back to doing whatever it is I want to do. That's how we do, right? We're people. And with everything else going on, why not? <clears throat> we got potential war in Ukraine, inflation, all the good stuff. And I was thinking about it the other day. I thought, well, what do we want to start off with now on this this show? Talked about diet, exercise, talked about some psychological changes you could be making, things that'll help you be a better person in 2022. And I think all that's good and well, but the reality is there's a lot going on outside of our own life. We're still dealing with COVID well into 2022. Never would have thought that it would have lasted this long. My wife was here. She would probably snicker and say, I did. She has a knack for knowing. uh, She has a a knack for predicting things to go the way that you wouldn't expect them to go, and then they do. And so um, here it is, 2020. We're dealing with, or 2022, excuse me. We're still dealing with COVID. Joe Biden's in the office. What we have is the ripple effect from COVID. So we have massive inflation. People who are staying home and not working. I think that's finally coming to an end uh, with the government checks not being passed out. It's an interesting experiment because you find out really quick how fast people will just stay home if they're going to get a check. Uh, I spoke about this in old podcasts with the rant and um, unfortunately those aren't up anymore, but 
you know, people that I knew who were hiring and firing and companies were experiencing people literally telling them, no, I'm okay. I do not want to come back to work because I make more money being at home. So in other words, I make more on unemployment and the bonuses and stuff that they were giving out than I did coming back to work. Now you could say that's an indictment on the job, maybe so what, but nonetheless, it's just proves the point that if the government feeds you a check, there's going to be a large majority of people that are going to stay home. And it leads me into this topic that I want to get into. It's a scary time of where we're at in this world. It's not just an American problem. It's a global problem. And we hear things about great resets and this and that and the other. But far too often before COVID, before the great reset was really mentioned, we were fighting a battle of, of socialized, a socialized America or a Democrat socialism over capitalism. And for some reason, we have to continue to talk about it, continue to try to defend capitalism in the American way as if the people who are def- who are against it have completely cut themselves off from all reality and history people like bernie sanders and others so here we are now talking again about communism and i was watching something the other day and i was reading up on it and i thought it was fascinating and i thought it kind of went hand in hand with what I wanted to talk about eventually on this show it's getting around to it. So I'd like to tell you a story. Um, frankly, it's not a good one. It's sad. Well, it's a good story. It's, it's not a story with a happy ending. Um, it's very sad, it, but it's absolutely astonishing. It's a remarkable, unbelievable story. That's true filled with remarkable people in it, but as many remarkable people that were in this story, there were also remarkably terrible people. You're thinking to yourself, why are you telling me this story? Well, because I think it's important to tell it because I think it'll segue into what I want to talk about today. So bear with me because I I just think that when people hear about this and it's nothing new, You'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about shortly, but I don't think people see the bigger, broader picture when they hear about this historical event. The date is April 25th, 1986, and the time is roughly midnight. And while most of the residents of the city are getting ready to go to sleep, night shift workers are already starting their shifts at a local power plant. A test was to be conducted around 12.30 a.m. Unknown to the workers at the time, the the plant had been running at a maximum capacity 
and would need to be slowed or shut down before any such test could be conducted. The employees knew that, but they were assured it was fine and to proceed anyway. So they did, reluctantly. At approximately 1.30 a.m., there was a massive explosion at the plant, waking every soul in the city, blowing out windows, setting off car alarms, you name it. Everyone awake rushed to their windows to see the power plant on fire. The fire department would be the first to the scene, anxious to do their jobs and put out the blaze. Citizens would make their way outside to watch and see what was going on, and some would make their way to a bridge in the city that had a better view. What the fire department and the people of that town didn't realize was the nuclear reactor had a meltdown and exploded, sending dangerous levels of toxic radiation into the air. Of the 134 responders in sight, 42 would die from radiation exposure, and all the citizens on that bridge would later die from complications of radiation poisoning. The city was Pripyat, and the power plant was named Chernobyl Nuclear Power Station. In the moments after the explosion, leaders in the area would not discuss how to fix the problem. This is mere hours, not even hours after the explosion. They would not even acknowledge the truth and the severity of the disaster. Instead, they discuss how to manage the optics and keep this disaster under wraps from outside sources, such as the United States. In the wake of what could have been the world-ending disaster, Soviet leaders overseeing Pripyat and the Chernobyl nuclear power plant would try to cover up their mistakes instead of issuing a national emergency and evacuating its people. Because of this stalled response, it's likely that thousands of locals would be poisoned by radiation and many would die. The true death toll of Chernobyl incident is unknown. It's like over a thousand people died from the event, either immediately or years later from health complications. It was later found that after investigation that the reactor had a meltdown because employees performing the test were not properly trained or educated enough to do their jobs, let alone perform such a test. And because the reactor was made using cheap parts, such as graphite rods, and this caused the reaction which created unstable amounts of energy. 1,500 square miles quarantined and to this day cannot be accessed because of the radiation levels. Countless animals dead, forestry ruined. And as stated before, hundreds of thousands dead or with life-altering diseases from the event. Of course, the numbers show far fewer and really we have no idea what the real death toll is because much of that information has been kept secret from the then government Soviet Union. Shockingly, they would hide such information, I know. 
Why am I mentioning this disaster? It's an event most of you know about. It's not anything new. It's not new information. In fact, HBO had a great miniseries on the event that I recommend everyone should check out. I mention this because the disaster itself is an event most know about. Excuse me. I mention this because the disaster itself overshadows a much deeper problem. And that problem is communism. Today we hear buzzwords like socialism or dem- or the latest fad, which is democratic socialism. But the reality is both are the same and both lead to inevitable communism. People on the left will argue that this is a right-wing talking point or it's just what Republicans will tell you. It's not true. But the reality is history hath shown that to be very true. You cannot call for a socialist government and then quote Marx and tell me this won't lead to communism. It doesn't work that way. And the event in Chernobyl is a direct reflection on communism and its disastrous policies. Why? One, communism breeds bottom up economics where the 1% has everything while the rest has absolutely nothing and give it all back to those who have everything. In this case, it's the government, at least in most cases, then it's, then it is redistributed, but poorly. This creates a poor economy. Bread lines force labor through things like a gulag, which is otherwise known as a prison camp. Leaving the state with limited to no resources, with the Soviets dumping everything they had on a war machine, it left them skint on the other departments, hence the cheap materials such as the graphite in the reactor. Two, the mass, the mass, excuse me, can't speak today. The mass redistribution of wealth creates a lack of industrious persons, people seeking for greatness. After all, why bother? The state will take their share and leave you with the same as the guy who sweeps the floors. This means less qualified labor. It's no wonder why many men worked the coal mines in Soviet Russia. Those men had real power. They controlled much of the state, the state's power source. They dictated the terms. They didn't put up with your crap and they were, they weren't scared to walk out and prove it. These men are also part of the reason other reactors didn't melt down. They risked their lives to essentially save the world. The lack of qualified labor meant the men running the nuclear power plant were too young and unqualified to do it. They were reading the instruction manuals on how to perform this test and couldn't even understand the manual. That should tell you everything you need to know. Three communism for what it's worth and in history has shown us that a great deal of corruption and secrecy evolves from its politics. You could say this isn't the case of communism, but simply the Soviets because of their founding. Fair enough. But what about communist Mao in China? Because of this corruption, the Soviet Union was more concerned with its reputation and hiding the problem from the world. When the world could have been helping sooner, the corruption led to men having to risk their lives to tell the truth of a situation. Their careers and their reputations would be destroyed because they stood up for what was right while the government would not. Even after the catastrophe was under control and coming to an end, the Soviets would deny and withhold information. Communism has killed more people than it pretends to help. It's just a fact. In the communist Soviet Union, roughly 61 million people were killed during the, the Bolshevik Revolution. And in the communist China under Mao, roughly 78 million. 
That doesn't even include the Nazis under Hitler or Pol Pot. These victims perished during state-organized famines, collectivization, cultural revolutions, purges, campaigns against unearned income, parentheses, quotation marks, and other devilish experiments in social engineering. Even after the fall of the Soviet Union, you still see Russia and its people struggled to get by and recover from the destruction of the tyrannical government. China, to this day, continues its treachery with Nazi-like concentration camps or work camps and the mass genocide of Uyghur Muslims that goes unchecked by the globe. And yet, for some reason, we have to explain with great compassion to the youth and and some not-so-young individuals, like Bernie Sanders, the dangers of a bloated government rooted in socialism. You give the government authority over your lives, such as income and health, it will eventually take total authority over you. After all, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And eventually the hand that feeds you begins to pull your strings like a puppet. In 2020, we saw a collective agreement from the media, corporations, and private citizens to relinquish their rights for what the government would call safety. In the end, we were no safer. We were lied to, misled, and now we still have not gotten the rights we gave up back, at least not in full. With talks of vaccine mandates, vax papers, and restrictions on those who aren't vaxxed, it sounds more like 1930s Nazi Germany than the United States. Let me see your papers, as they would say. And with Democrats pushing the needle further left with ideas such as socialized health care, universal basic income, free education, including wiping debts clean, it's a recipe for disaster. Not only can we not afford these programs, even if we tax the rich at 100% and cut all military funding, it wouldn't cover the total yearly amount for these programs. But it would give the government, in this case, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, direct control over your lives and mine. And for those of you who hate Trump, just remove Joe Biden and add his name to that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Now you are scared. The reality is while capitalism isn't perfect and not everyone is thriving. The majority is because of Western civilization and capitalism. The national poverty levels, the lowest it's ever been in human history. According to the world bank organization, the percentage of people living in extreme poverty globally fell to a new low of 10% in 2015. The latest number available down from 11% in 2013 reflecting steady, but slowing progress. The number of people living on less than $1.90 a day fell during this period by $68 million to $736 million. The fact is, as humans, we are doing much better, living much longer, and overall have better lives because of capitalism. Yeah, sure. In capitalism, there's a 1%. But that does not mean that the 99% outside of that 1% is bad off. If you're going off money alone, the average income in America is over 68000 a year, well above the average cost of living for a four-family home, a house of four. That is roughly about fifty-seven k. That's the average cost. But money doesn't solve everything. It certainly isn't the, what brings happiness. It helps. But look around you. Grocery stores are packed with food for now. Things may change with the shortages and becoming of the draconian lockdowns that we went through and inflation and shortage of workers that could change. But for now, the store grocery stores are packed. 
hospitals and doctors' offices that you can see today and specialists with low weight lines, not to mention the technology in your hand, the smartphone, and all the other things we take for granted in this country, running water. This all leads to a better life for everyone. There's no bread lines in the United States. And this all came from capitalism. This tide raises all ships, even if you're not in the 1%. So what? There's a 1%. There's a 1% in everything. It's a natural truth of life. Look at sports, for instance. Look at who is the best and who scores the most goals, such as in basketball. You will see that 1% of the players overall make up the majority of the most talented players. These are just facts of life. And what you want is the ability to go in and join the 1% or at least, at the very least, get as close as you can or live the life that you want to and be the best that you can be. You're not, you cannot do this with the government on your back. You cannot do this with the redistribution of wealth. You won't have any wealth. You won't want to break your back for the same pennies that the bums are earning. It's unnatural. You're either lazy, competitive, or happy to do a job for a fair wage but you aren't going to work for free and not even to achieve your dreams because you can't. It's not sustainable. Ask yourself, what has Russia given us? What did China give us? China steals our tech and uses slave labor to build it for themselves. They don't prosper. Oh, I know. I know what everybody always says. Germany. The Germans brought us a lot out of the Nazi empire, but not really. They had some of the smartest people doing the work for a madman by force. It was not until they were free to do their absolute best and prosper from it and not off the backs of the citizens. It wasn't until we could bring them here where they could stay back in Germany and work for themselves. They did their best work, like putting a man on the moon. The Nazi empire was doomed to fail anyway, just like the Soviet empire. They had more resources than the Soviets, so they were going to last a little bit longer but eventually they would have met the same demise. The money would have stopped rolling in. The tax revenues wouldn't have been enough. There would have been labor shortages. Communism is a parasite. It feeds off the people in its land until there's nothing left but starvation, poverty, and a few at the top waiting for their final days. Capitalism is f far from perfect, but it's the best and most fair thing we got. It's just that simple. I understand that we go back and forth on all this. And I have spoke to, I was blue in the face about the lockdowns and the, the rules and the mandates over COVID. And now with all this conversation over the last four or five years about socialism and democratic socialism and trying to keep the Bernie bros at bay, we're dealing with a new problem. We're dealing with a global totalitarianism, this one world government idea, the great reset that everybody keeps talking about. It's real. You should listen. Don't shrug it off. I'm not saying that you should live in some paranoid life and put a tinfoil hat on and hide in your basement. But at the end of the day, we have to be, we have to keep our ears to the ground, pay attention, elect people that will represent what we value most, which is freedom constitution and the bill of rights these countries that are unifying together to create this one world government don't have our interests in mind they don't like the idea that we're free 
And the fact that we are free and the fact that we've gotten in their way in terms of these, these lockdowns, these mandates, as well as them trying to um, regulate things like cryptocurrency, the United States wants to regulate Bitcoin. They're going to regulate it to death. They've already talked about planning on creating a, a United States version of cryptocurrency which I believe would be the end of currency as we know it. It would be, they would, they would get rid of the dollar and they'd go to this crypto back currency, which would be very dangerous because then they control your money. You could go to your bank and it could all be gone in, a, in just a snap of a finger. So the idea that paper money would disappear and we would go to a crypto, a cryptocurrency from the United States is just not a good idea. And the only reason why the United States wants to regulate crypto now is because they want it in the game and they know they can't compete. The federal government can't compete with anybody unless they regulate the industry to death. It's really just that simple. And ask yourself one question. Why is it that China has not had to answer for what they've done to this entire planet because of COVID? Why is it that the World Health Organization seems to be playing defense for China? Seems fishy to me. Seems like we're learning quite a bit. There's a book that came out recently about this, and it reveals the relationships that a lot of our politicians have had with China, including Diane Feinstein's husband, who was caught selling spyware to the Chinese government in our military equipment. So this Chinese government was able to essentially spy on our computer equipment and find out information. There's no telling what they got out of it, what they stole. Although I would say that quite a bit, if you look at their military, it strikingly looks similar to ours. This is what I want to touch on over the coming weeks. Not a whole lot. We'll have moments of fun. I don't want it to be all serious, but I felt compelled to start talking about it because it's things that are going on in our daily lives. It's things that we should be aware of. So you should can expect me to bring it up from time to time this month. I'm excited to announce a lot of things coming down the pipeline. I'm, I'm going to keep it close to the cuff because I'm in negotiations with some people who want to be on the show regularly. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm hoping that we can have a little bit of fun as well as being somewhat serious. I feel like we've been kind of serious on this program more than, than fun. We've been talking about healthcare and everything. And then we just touched on communism. There's nothing more fun and entertaining than touching on communism. But I felt compelled to talk about that Chernobyl event because I, when I watched that show and I read about and learned about Chernobyl, the very thing that I saw was the corruption. I saw the disaster and said, man, it's a horrible disaster. And I knew about that. Like I knew about the meltdown of the reactor and what it did to that and to the environment and all those poor people and how it just turned that whole area into a ghost town. But what I didn't realize was just how much the government tried to keep it from the world as if you were going to hide something of that magnitude. It's only one of two, which I believe they call like level seven meltdowns. It's like, the worst you can get. It's the worst category of meltdown possible of nuclear 
meltdown. Uh, the other place that had that category was the nuclear power plant in Japan during that that hurricane or whatever they had, the, the earthquake or something. It was something that did, did it. I can't remember what it was. In other words, you're not going to hide it. Okay. We know it. We know you did it. And quite frankly, you might have almost destroyed the planet because had they not figured it out and not fixed the problem, they said it would have been like nuclear bombs going off every two seconds. It's the equivalent of the irradiation being dumped into the atmosphere. It would have, it would have wiped out all of Europe for sure. And it would have made its way towards the United States without a doubt. And all these people could do is figure out how they could not tarnish the Soviet reputation. The reality is, is nobody, we already knew what shit they were shoveling. Plain and simple. It's a strange world we're living in, folks. A lot of weird stuff's happening. You have January 6th riots, January 6th protests being compared to Pearl Harbor, while groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa can burn down streets and cause billions of dollars in personal property damage and federal damage, and nobody seems to care. Um, you have Joe Biden, who is basically asleep at the wheel. We have massive inflation. Our borders are as porous as can be. We're sending troops now to Ukraine. Russia's bucking up. China's looking for their their time to go attack Taiwan. You have World Health Organization leaders backing the backing China and other and supporting draconian lockdowns in places like New Zealand and Australia. Australia has had concentration camps, basically. They've had camps to hold people who are infected. It's absolutely insanity. And we're going to talk about it here. We're going to cover it. We're going to keep you informed with what's really going on and what you should expect. There's a bigger picture here. I talked about this with Joe Biden's speech. I always say that when you listen to these politicians, they're often projecting. You have to look at the bigger picture. Look what they're telling you. They're not hiding what they're doing. These people do not care about you or me. They care about power. They care about lining their pockets. And if they have to sell out America to do it, they will. Joe Biden's already proved it. So we're going to watch. We're going to dissect. We're going to break it down. Every time there's a speech, period. And every time you, your children, if you have some, or if you have a kid in college, and they tell you that socialism wouldn't be such a bad thing, just remind them of what China and Russia, Pol Pot, Vietnam, all these countries, just remind them what they've done to their people. And remind them how it started. Generally, especially with its, uh, in terms of the Bolsheviks, it was a group of people looking at another group of people and pretending to be the victim. We see this all the time. What do we see today in the United States? One side has everything, the other side doesn't. That's what they want you to believe. It's not true. Everybody has the ability to be successful in their way in this country. may not always be filthy rich, but if that's what you aspire to be, well, there's opportunities for you to go out there and do it. It just takes hard work. 
You weren't going to be filthy rich in the Bolshevik revolution, not in Soviet Russia, not unless you had ties to somebody in the government. And even then you probably wouldn't be very rich. All those people were just trying to get by. And most of them wouldn't step up to do the right thing. They all towed a line. They all towed a line for the greater good of the Soviet Union because they knew if they didn't, they'd be sent to the gulag. These people worked because they were being forced to work. These people did jobs that they didn't want to do because they had to do it. None of them were well off. Period. Even the people that were in power didn't have power. There was somebody at the top always looking down at them. Step out of line, the KGB got involved. You didn't want to be a part of that. What are we seeing today? Cancellations. Whether it's on social media, mainstream media networks. You say something wrong, step out of line, they come for you. We are moving down the path of a Bolshevik revolution. A little bit of Bolshevik, a little bit of Nazism, a touch of this, a touch of that, maybe even a little French revolution. It's a little bit of everything. We're approaching it very quickly. And we need to, be do, we need to do our due diligence on this because these kids are being taught that this sort of thing is okay, that socialism is fine, that it's okay to be a victim, that it's okay to blame someone else, that because that guy has more money than you, well, he must have stole it that there's some patriarchy of power that's oppressing everybody. It's ridiculous. They're coming after men. They're attacking masculinity. They're going after the church. They're attacking religion. They've created their own religion, a religion of science that doesn't even follow the science. We are moving into a world of chaos because our because we have allowed it to become that. Nobody is stepping up and saying, no, that is wrong. We are not going to do that. Everyone's like, yeah, well, you know, let them do what they want to do. I mean, it's not hurting anybody. She wants to pretend that she's a lion. Let her pretend that she's a lion. We are moving towards a world of chaos and it will not be long before we are moving into a state of revolution and it may not be the kind of revolution we want. It can be very dangerous. Whether it's us destroying ourselves from the inside or this one world great reset economy coming to, it's going to be a battle on both fronts. We need to be educated, we need to be well prepared, we need to teach our kids right from wrong. We need to hold everybody accountable. Most of all, we need to do the right thing. Speak the truth, whatever that truth may be. Right? 12 rules for life. Speak the truth or at least don't lie. That's for everything. Don't tell a white lie. If someone's doing something that you don't agree with, then tell them. If someone is saying that they're now a they're a, a hawk and you have to address them as a hawk, then you've got to, what, what is wrong with you? You need psychological help. That's what you should tell that person. You are not a hawk. You are a human being. But I digress. It's a crazy world we're living in, folks. And on that note, I'm going to sign off. Short show tonight, 35 minutes in. It's not too bad. Almost went two hours the other day. I look back forward to getting back next week. We'll talk some more. We got some big announcements. I'm hoping I can announce some on Tuesday. That would be fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye now.